Welcome to the panel on RNZ National Wallace Chapman here. Now, in Patea Taranaki near O'Reilly Road, intersection State Highway 3 is closed due to a serious crash. There's no suitable detour available, so do avoid the area, delay your journey if possible. Today on the panel, human waste still flowing into the Waitamata Harbour. It will extinguish life on the seafloor, says marine scientists. That just after four. Sanitarium today announced it will resume supplies of wheat bix. Is the power? Is this the power of supermarkets in action? And two scientists win the Nobel Prize developing the tech that led to mRNA COVID vaccines saving millions of lives during the pandemic. Today on the panel, we talk to a person who actually nominated people for the Nobel Prize this year. And Timaru will soon be the city of bongs, we explain at 10 to 5. And I spent my career in IT, but rediscovered my love of music at 70, says a wonderful article. And it got me thinking, what have you rediscovered? Playing the lute? The auto harp? Spinning wool? Or maybe even tantra? Text me. 2101. You can email the panel at rnz.co.nz. And for the very first time on the panel, or with me at least, Claire Amos, highest school principal at Albany Senior High School, NetSave board member, William Pike, Challenge Advisory board member for, for Global Women NZ and more. Kia ora, Claire. It's lovely to have you here. How are you? Kia ora. I'm fantastic. Thank you, Wallace. Here you are in person. Absolutely. It's a wonderful day. <laughs> An exciting day for everyone. <laughs> Good on you. Nice to have you here. Also with us uh, is Sawan Manning, journalist, analyst, founder of Multimedia Invincible Limited. Sawan, good to have you here. Yeah, Tanakwe Wallace, Tanakwe Clear. Good, to, good to hear you too. Nice, right? Pen on paper. Who still journals these days? A diary to write things down. What you did today. How you are feeling? What's stressing you out? Text me, 2101. Do you keep a journal? Do you have a diary? Dear Diary, Tuesday the 3rd of October 2023. Today I hosted my 1,022nd panel on RNZ National. Claire Amos and Sal Manning, the panellists, pretty good too. And clinical psychologist Dr. Dool Sutherland joined us to talk about the importance of journaling. Dr. Sutherland, welcome. Kia ora, Wallace. Thanks for having me. Well, that'll be my entry tonight. Um, how did I do? <laughs> well, um, you know, it would have been perhaps, I, I think you could enhance it by yeah. talking a little bit more about what's going on in your, in your thinking and, and in your emotional state as well. That, that, might, that might bring a little more richness to that, uh, to that initial entry. It got me actually thinking, um, Dr. Sutherland, this is one thing that raised my interest because, um, and here's one for you, when I was in my 20s and I was on a walking stick for much of those 20s and I was in a lot of pain, in fact, every day was pain, one thing that helped me was I'd get out a diary and write down my day, how I was feeling, and guess what? It really helped. Yeah. It was I, weird. I, I, look, I, I think, yeah, it, it, is, it is weird, eh? But, but, but actually I think what it does is, is it gives you some distance from your thoughts and feelings. And, and, and I think when it does that, it, it can sometimes 
reduce the intensity of really strong negative feelings, but also give you a little bit more perspective um, when you see something written down than if it's just sort of all clogged up in your head. Yeah. So, Claire, I've kept a diary intermittently every now and then. I don't have one now, but, for example, I can go back when I was 14, a diary or a journal. What about you? Well, interestingly, I, I, I'm wedded to my electronic calendar, but what I do do is I keep all my notes on a daily basis in a written um, notebook. Um, as an educator, I've always found it's actually the best way for me to process my thinking and to map out um, how I think and feel about different issues and ideas. And I never do that directly on the computer. I'm, I'm big on blogging. I'm, I write an electronic record. But for me, you can't go past writing your notes and mapping out your thinking by hand. I think somehow cognitively mm. I can I can see what I think when I actually write it pen, pen on paper oh, okay. in a way that I can't on computer. You a bit of response to this, yes, journaling as a cancer patient, leaving thoughts for my kids, Dougal. Yeah, and that, that's I guess another form, isn't it, of leaving those thoughts, leaving that diary, leaving that um, you know that mark of, of your life really down for other people in the future. Um, I think there is something freeing about writing and being able to draw with pen and paper mm. rather than being constricted by a keyboard and a mouse, which may not always do easily what you want to do, or you can't scribble or yeah. draw or, or 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 annotate perhaps as easily as you can with a pen and paper. Salwin. Yeah, what I like about this is, you know, something that Claire said there too, that if you're writing it down physically on a bit of paper, if it's into a journal or whatever it is, that you, uh, Claire used the word seeing it. Um, uh, and, and that's big for me. I'm very much a, a visual kind of learner and a visual kind of person in those kind of ways. It's a bit of a lesson for me too, Wallace, because I haven't done this for a long time. I used to when I was probably in my 20s like you. But, uh, you know, things are complex, aren't they, in our day-to-day lives? Everyone listening to this will know that. And if we journal down things, it gives a structure to our thoughts. Instead of our thoughts kind of getting cluttered and going from one thing to another and not really resolving anything, you put it down on paper, put it down in a journal, and you can see immediately where the connections are, where the priorities are, and perhaps where the things that we need to address are as well. And that's, that's what's standing out in this conversation, and it's a really good one, I believe. Dougal? Yeah, fully agree. I think I think a, a, a fully talk, talk on that really around that just that ability to see things a bit more clearly. That you know that we can get tangled up in our own thoughts and keep going round and round and round the mulberry bush with our you know repetitive thinking. So just putting it on paper, it's almost like a, a written version of being able to talk to somebody who can just help you untangle and unravel that thinking process. But you know, at two o'clock in the morning when things are going around in your mind, I find it often a really good thing to do just mm. to just oh. to write out what's going on in my head. And eventually your brain gets a bit tired and exhausted and you can go back to sleep. Yeah. I, I used to keep a notebook next to my bed for that very Did reason. You? Yeah. If yeah. I was if I was stressing out about something in the middle of the night, often all it took was to write some notes and somehow you could compartmentalize it once you knew you'd committed it to paper. There's something about the permanence of paper as well, you know, because once it's there, look it's at there well look at you in front of you. Yeah. Here you go. I love uh, my a, lot of, a lot of people come in with iPads. <laughs> 
you've look at you. You've yeah. got you've all written that everything else. Penmanship. So it's neat. amazing. <laughs> yeah, Debbie says I do keep a diary. A fi- five years in one book, small space for each day, but very beneficial to see previous years. Good to see how life changes and triggers memories. Ah, oh, very interesting. Um, journaling as a geologist while out in the field says Johan really helps me recollect important notes and bits of info that really helps with work down the line. How extraordinary. Um, Dougal, what about people ask, is putting pen to paper different than a digital entry? Oh, look, that's... I'm not sure I know the full answer to that, but I I definitely think there's... People do make that comment that writing it down in longhand is much... seems to be much more effective than, than typing it. And... I, th- I think there's something perhaps about the free-flowing nature of writing that uh, maybe when we type on a keyboard, there's stopping and starting and deleting and you know going backwards and forwards and backspacing. And when we're writing, and we se- I certainly encourage people to do this, if you're going to write, just free write. Don't worry about grammar or spelling or punctuation. Just write and write and get get whatever's get that thought thread out and put it down on paper. Uh, and that perhaps seems easier to do on paper than it does digitally. As a principle, you'd disagree strongly with that, wouldn't you, Claire? Yeah, absolutely. I'm like absolutely a fan of our students having their device and we're a one-to-one school and we're really passionate about online learning. But I also think it has to be the way that works best for you. So um, for a lot of young people, being able to doodle, being able to um, write by hand is really powerful. And also your notebook doesn't judge you the way that digital devices do. As soon as you type something, you get blooming underlines and highlighted bits to tell you where you're going wrong. There's something about the joy of just writing your thoughts okay. scrappily on paper okay. and it being okay. Very nice, uh, Dr. Sutherland. Kia ora. Appreciate your time today. That's uh, clinical psychologist Dougal Sutherland there uh, and quite a response. A lot of people actually getting in touch uh, saying the journaling. And don't uh, forget, uh, what is one thing? Now, question of the day today is 425. What is one thing that you've gone back and rediscovered? that you've picked up after 20, 25, 30 years. One person has written in the first one here, hula hooping. <laughs> I'll start to tell you what I've rediscovered, and it's been amazing. Chess. The last time I played a game of chess when I was 20, I played my first game of chess trying to teach a little six-year-old chess, and I'm absolutely loving it. So what's one thing you've rediscovered? Text me, two one zero. One. Claire Amos, I've been thinking. Well, funnily enough, as a school leader, I've really been thinking about education and about wondering when did education stop being an important election issue? Um, Beyond a few clickbait-worthy headlines, education seems to be missing in action this election round. And our two major players, they seem to be um, battling it out, serving up 1980s shades of beige with different versions of Back to Basics. And we seem to be focused on the repertoire turning to the schooling that they remembered worked for them. And I really wonder, when did we stop thinking about the future of education and how schools need to evolve and change? We've come back from lockdown. We've come back from COVID. 
demanding and expecting our workplaces to operate differently. We want flexibility. We expect to be able to move in and out of the, um, the workplace and work in our own terms. Some of us have um, four-day working weeks. They seem to have doubled down on returning to real traditional basics in schools and have forgotten that like adults in the workplace, our young people have changed so much as a result of COVID and the fact that we live in the 21st century. And I really do worry that there is nothing that looks like a digital education strategy. Te Party Māori are the only one that have um, committed to free digital devices and Wi-Fi for all of our young people. The closest we get from our two main parties is one of them wanting to ban the cell phone, which is a needless and pointless um, policy idea in my mind. And I'm just really worried. When did we stop being aspirational and creative and thinking of the future? And when did we stop having a dream? for our young people on what education could look like for oh, them. That's very interesting. Kia ora, Claire. And I think, um, if I'm correct, I've been doing almost five years now this show, um, you are the first panellist as a principal. Um, so you walk the talk, you know what's happening at the coalface there, so good to have your thoughts and views. Uh, that is Claire Amos said. All right, uh, Sawan Manning, I've been thinking... Yeah, I mean, it, it connects to what Claire is talking about in many respects. What we've been thinking about, and, and Claire highlighted this in many ways. If you listen to what Claire was saying, there was an issue there that she was identifying. Um, she was looking at the cause of it, looking at the effect of it, and she was seeking the solutions from the policies that the politician, politicians are putting out. It's exactly what I wanted to talk about right here now. And it, it's all about, you know, like at this stage in campaign proper, as we would put it, when we're analysing, you know, the politics of it, quite often, you know, political journalists, people like myself and analysts will look at um, how the dial shifts in many ways from the mm. politicians and onto us as voters. And um, it can get complex. If you look at it from a voter point of view, the individual's point of view, there's so much information that basically is bombarding us. A lot of it's subjective. A lot of it might be opinion-based. Some of it will be factual-based too. Um, but when determining um, what party and what candidate um, we're going to give our tick on election day. I kind of think this is what I was wanting to talk about, Wallace, that there's a very simple evaluative way of looking at this, and that's the cause, the effect, solution approach. And in some ways, that's what I was listening to with what Claire was saying. Put simply, in an election campaign, when the focus, like what we see and where we are right now, is often on the effect, and that can be a good effect or it can be a bad effect. It could be something that has failed. And when, when we become stuck on that point, it's really difficult to make an informed decision from a more um, broader base. For example, um, the cause, for example, um, also that's vital in my view of assessing where to place our votes in this way. Um, the cause gives us, for example, an, an indication of where a problem began, how it grew, and um, we can assess whether or not um, it should have been made a priority right. sooner by politicians or not. And Very in the good. forming of that opinion, Wallace, is this going to finish off that you get Here to we the go. solutions it's and the then news. you can test? Here we go. It's the news. Sour Manning and Claire Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>